I believe that every one of us can create beautiful images, feel fulfilled and improve our well-being through photography. The Quiet Landscapes podcast explores the life and work of photographers, creatives and thought leaders through monthly conversations that will inspire you. My name is Margaret Soraya and I'm so glad that you are here. Hello and welcome and today I'm delighted to have Kim Grant with me and Kim is a landscape photographer and content creator who is just really passionate about sharing Scotland Um, and she originally started um, out with a YouTube channel that has since become really um, very successful and that's actually how I found Kim originally on her YouTube channel. So would you like to tell um, the audience, Kim, just a little bit about what you're doing today and how you got started maybe? Yeah, so um, I got into photography about 12 years ago now. Um, It was more a chance of me to get out to my local beach. I grew up on the muddy coast and I used to go out a lot and just take photographs of the sun setting in the evening and then began to travel around Scotland and sort of incorporated my photography in with conservation and learning a lot about the the Scottish landscape and and as much about the country as I could, um, which then led me on to wanting to know a bit more about its history and heritage. And then we're probably coming up to four years this summer that I began my my YouTube channel, which was a a chance for me to to share these adventures I was going on uh, with a wider audience and and share Scotland with the world. So we're sort of in that kind of stage now where I'm just continuing with my YouTube channel and, and actually doing photography and content creation professionally now which is it's great fun I'm, I'm loving it. So that was just four years ago I didn't I realised I thought you'd be doing it longer. You no know, so YouTube it will be four years this summer since I properly started it um, so yeah it's just been, been a roller coaster ride really it was uh, like I say a bit of fun to begin with that ended up resulting in something quite exciting but uh, but yeah photography has been about 12 years for me so it's a been, been a long time sort of doing the photography field, but video creation and, and vlogging's uh, not not too far in the, in the distance since I, I began it. So when you started um, doing the YouTube, obviously you've been doing photography for quite a while, so you wanted to just share that further with the world, I suppose. Um, but it wasn't a conscious decision to become a professional landscape photographer. No, it wasn't, no. So when I began um, photography and later on when I began uh, YouTube, I, I was actually trained to be a nurse and then I, I worked as a nurse for three years uh, for, throughout beginning my YouTube channel and it was it was never meant to result in becoming professional. For me, photography was all about a hobby. It was something that I did on my days off work and when I had holidays, I'd every time I had more than about three days off work, I'd, I'd go on a trip around Scotland with my camera. I just absolutely loved it. And for me, YouTube was just a chance for me to to do something else creative um, and kind of learn some new skills around my my full-time profession and um, yeah but a year and a half into into my YouTube channel I, I began doing a lot of sort of conservation volunteering and stuff um, and I sort of thought I wanted to work in conservation and work outdoors in that manner but as it so happened my YouTube channel took off and I began to get asked to do photography jobs and as a result I was able to start my business so it was never something that I consciously set out to become you know I never intended to be become a professional photographer it just kind of happened but I think because I was so passionate about photography and enjoyed it and just kind of went with the flow it was a a fantastic way to to get into to starting a business that that's just totally around my passion and that I, I enjoy thoroughly. 
That's so inspiring. I, I love that, that you were working full time, yet you started to do this YouTube channel as well. So you must have been incredibly busy. And then must, so therefore you must have been really driven to, to do it. You only ever do these, the things that you're passionate about, don't you? So the, the time, um, it takes to, make a video I suppose but I suppose when when I'm talking about that I'm thinking that maybe because you didn't have the pressure on yourself maybe it was it was easier because I put a lot of pressure on myself when I'm making videos and it becomes quite difficult so maybe that lack of pressure do you think that helped with it almost in the beginning I definitely would say so um, because when I started YouTube I just expected my friends and family and maybe a couple of other people that came across the videos to watch them. I never had a schedule in the beginning, it was just a case of creating a video whenever I, I sort of made one and had the time to do it. And it kind of, I think when I wasn't working, my whole life was about photography. So it was really great, especially in the summer months when the days were long, to get out for an hour after work or, you know, my days off to get away. Um, it was just a really good way of me relaxing. And because I never had much else going on in my life, it meant that pretty much all my time off work was spent doing photography or filming videos. But yeah, I definitely would say in the beginning, there was no pressure at all because I was just doing this for, for fun. It was for my own enjoyment and I just wanted to share it online just in the hope that it might inspire other people to get into being outdoors because um, a lot of people don't realise but when I started my YouTube channel it wasn't about photography, it was actually more about conservation and um, encouraging people to get outdoors to enjoy nature and to preserve it and to want to just enjoy being outside and my photography came in about a month or two after I kind of started it and it became sort of like a mishmash of photography vlogs as well as conservation vlogs but the photography side of things is what really made me made the passion and what I did the majority of the time which is why my channel ends up steering towards the photography side of things so definitely in the beginning there was no pressure because I didn't have any goals or, or intentions it was just let's just do this for fun and uh, and see where, where it goes. It's a really good example of how when you just start doing something and you don't really know where it's going, you, you, you start doing it just because you think that actually you want to do it and you're interested and you're passionate about something as you were about the conservation and being outdoors. Um, and then it evolves, doesn't it? And then it'll, it'll just, it becomes something different. But if you hadn't ever started it, it would never have got to that. You never got to that place. So I think it's a really good lesson for, for other people. Um, you know, if you're interested in something, just start doing it and it will change and it'll, it'll evolve as time goes on. Um, but you never know where you, you end up with it. And you're an amazing example of that. Look at, look at what you've, um, achieved in these years, you know, and that's, it's, it's very inspirational for other people to, to see. So you're now full time professional. I am, yes. Um, I'm incredibly lucky to, to say that. So I kind of, I set up my photography business two years ago. Uh, the first year I didn't make much money at all. As I'm sure most photographers are aware, you end up buying gear and you're trying to get your name known and you're putting yourself out there and you actually end up, you know, not earning much, if anything, the first year. But last year, surprisingly, despite lockdown and everything, was actually the first year that I brought home a decent amount of money. And uh, this year, I think things are looking really promising. So 
Yeah, I, I am now a proper full-time uh, photographer, but one thing I think is that my business is very varied. I don't just concentrate on one or two aspects. I've got a number of aspects to my business, a number of projects I work on, and I've been you know, quite enthusiastic since starting my business, it kind of giving everything a go so that I can work out what I actually enjoy doing and what I don't enjoy doing. So hopefully in the future I can be a bit more selective. But uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm very proud to say that I am now, now full time and, and making a proper living out of this. That's amazing because it's not easy. It's probably the, the hardest um, genre in photography to make a, a living from when you need to. So, you know, I think we, we all we all understand that and applaud you for that. Can you just tell us what um, different aspects there are to your business? Because I'm the same. I do a variety of things. Can you can you just tell us what you, um, how you how, how that looks for you? Yeah, so I try not to concentrate like 100% on the photography. So my business is made up basically of um, YouTube makes up a percentage, you know, through ad revenue and all that kind of things. I also quite regularly work with tourism boards in Scotland to promote different regions in Scotland. So I do a variety of, they'll take me to their region for a weekend and I'll basically film the, the, the area. Or I've had a few jobs of actually doing big photography jobs for different areas in Scotland to, to showcase the, the tourism aspect of things. Um, and on top of that, when we're, when we're not in lockdown, I, I host workshops um, in the Murray Coast in Aberdeenshire which is the kind of area of Scotland that I'm based and I do both one-to-one -one workshops and group workshops and uh, more recently I began an online mentorship program which is great I'm able to work with people who aren't based in the UK and help them kind of you know discover what they want out of their photography and, and work through things so that's the sort of main bulk of my um, income and my revenue streams but there's always other projects coming up and something that I've recently started is photo photographing holiday lets and self-catering accommodation because that ties in very well with the tourism side of things so anything related to being outdoors interests me so you know landscape photography is a bulk of my work but I've obviously started doing the experience side of things as well and things people can enjoy in Scotland both experience wise as well as accommodation which um, I'm thoroughly enjoying. Yeah, I think you've got it absolutely right there. You have to um, to be a, a photographer full time. You have to be open to all uh, possibilities and uh, um, options, you know, that come come within the realms of what you're interested in. Um, sometimes it looks to the outside world like you're just um, going around <laughs> and having a nice time in Glencoe. Or <laughs> um, but it's not always that easy as there's there's other there's other aspects that you have to do. I, I do the I do similar actually. I don't do as so many anymore, but I used to um I used to work for Build It magazine, do commercial photography and um all sorts of things. So there's a lot of things that go on behind the, the, the background in the background, isn't there, to, to make that up. I think a lot of people as well, like when they look at me, they just see Kim Grant, the, the YouTube photographer. But I think people don't actually realise how much work goes on behind the scenes of that as well. And and yeah, one thing I forgot to mention is I regularly do talks as well. You know, I, with lockdown, I, I do talks at camera clubs as well as at events as well. Um, but, you know, I've done a lot of Zoom talks and, and interviews and stuff uh, this past year. So, um, yeah, it's just it's there's a lot more to having a photography business or a content creation business that people don't realise. They just see the things you post online, but they don't realise how much work goes in behind the scenes and how diverse you have to be. But but I love that. It's the diversity of my of my business that I enjoy. I actually think if I was 
constantly doing the same thing, like photographing landscapes all the time, that I'd end up losing my passion for it. So I quite enjoy that it's very varied and one day you can be out with a group of people and the next day you can be at home talking to somebody like yourself, doing a podcast and, um, or, you know, um, working on a project. It's, yeah, I love it. I love the diversity of it. That's fantastic. Do you ever get like tired with like with all that? I get sometimes it's just um, putting yourself out there all the time and then having to be proactive because you have to be proactive every day, don't you? Um, and you have to be out there all the time. Um, do you ever get like that? Do you ever just think, oh, I just need a rest? <laughs> Definitely. Um, you know, you go through periods of time, I think, especially in the summer when I'm trying to juggle my workshops, it's the most, you know, um, time of the year when the most people are, are out and about. When you're juggling, you know, workshops, tourism campaigns, my normal YouTube stuff, as well as my own projects, it can get very tiring. But I think one thing over the years I've been quite good at um, is, is noticing when I'm starting to get burnt out and I'll maybe take a couple of weeks off of YouTube, for instance, because although I like to release a video every week and, and have content for people every week, because especially my loyal followers, they know to expect a video from me every Sunday morning. Um, but, you know, there are times where if you've got a lot of other work going on behind the scenes, I like to be able to, to step back from a few for a few weeks. And not only does that allow me a break, but it means that my content won't suffer as a result. Um, and I never want to get to the stage where I'm, you know, pushing myself to create stuff if I'm not feeling like I have the... The energy to create because that's I think in a creative as I'm sure you know you're aware in a creative job and a creative world we need these breaks um, to keep our energy you know charged and to, to gain more inspiration for, for future work so I think it's all about listening to your body being mindful about what you're doing and and being open to taking a break when um, you know you feel you need to um, and I've noticed recently on your social media you've been you know saying it's nice recently to kind of step back and have some time to yourself and you know you're used to taking time off over at the start of every year to to go away and have a break so it's so good to be mindful of this and, and have the and put that time in your diary yeah that's right I think um so every January I normally go to India for two or three weeks to have a complete break from the world <laughs> but obviously that's not going to happen for a couple of years so I'm trying to find different ways of doing it um, but one of the things that I'm really interested in in asking you is um, just because I've got this experience myself I started doing some some videos not nearly as good as yours I have to say um, but I, I, I know that I'm starting to understand the process that you have to go through to create a video and when I look at yours um, and they're fairly uh, decent length uh, video and I know how much um, time and energy goes into that and if you're doing those once a week I can only applaud you for that because um, I think that's incredible do you think that is that something that's got easier with time um, do you so there's lots of questions here I'll <laughs> ask you a few and then you can choose which one um, yeah so has it got easier with time do you script them so do you go to a place and say well I'm going to make a video about long exposures or about Glencoe or, or do you just go to a place and see what happens and then go with the flow so I have a mix of, of video styles so the majority of the time I tend to go to a location and go with the flow 
I love reacting in real time to what's happening and I think that's one of the great things about outdoor photography because you can't predict often what the weather is going to do. You can have a good idea but you never really know when the light's going to kick off or, or what you're going to be greeted with. So I love going out and having no plan other than what location I'm going to and just 100% reacting to what happens. I find they're, they're the videos that I enjoy making the most because they're very spontaneous, they're very natural um, and genuine and they're like a real life experience of me portraying what I'm going through and putting a little a few hints and tips in while I'm while I'm at it and um, I really enjoy them but I do sometimes create scripted videos especially if I'm trying to teach something specific or want to get a specific message across um, and those videos I actually find obviously take a lot longer to create and produce because you're writing a script and then you're having to memorize a script and then film it and there's all these bloopers where you're getting your words wrong and then I also find them a lot more difficult to edit because although you've got a very clear um, structure for the video it has to be edited in a certain way whereas the great things about the spontaneous ones is I just react to what's going on I go home import all the videos they're in chronological order I just have to cut a few bits out and um, I've pretty much got a video so um, yeah the, the spontaneous ones are much quicker to film they're much quicker to edit and they're the ones I enjoy doing the most but there are times when you want to create something more professional um, and more scripted and they take longer um, and as you were saying does things get a bit quicker and easier as time progresses um, the, the spontaneous ones have definitely got quicker in terms of editing them but I also find because filming is also a creative process I'm always learning new things, so I'm either having new gear to learn or um, new microphones to work with or I'm trying different editing techniques. So sort of every six months I go through a phase of wanting to try something different and in many ways I feel like I'm starting from scratch again. But um, it keeps things quite fresh I think and keeps me constantly learning. So there's some aspects of video making that's got quicker but other aspects that haven't because I'm always learning new things. And it's time-consuming video, isn't it? When you put photography next to it, it's, it's quite speedy, isn't it, photography? Um, but video yeah. is particularly time-consuming. I, I, um, I've recently learned to video. I used DaVinci Resolve and um, I've, I've recently, actually my son's taught me how to do it because he, he learned first and then taught me, but I'm no expert at all. But I realise how long it takes um, to do. So I, I just think it's incredible. Did you teach yourself? I did, yeah. And it's the same with photography. Everything creative I've done in life, I've just completely taught myself through YouTube videos, books, magazines. Um, yeah, I've not had any professional training at all. I've just kind of bought my cameras and gone out there and kind of worked out what works and what doesn't work. And, and I think it's a good way, actually, of trying to find your own voice as well, you know. Um, no, I think you know starting courses or you know going to study photography or videography at university is great. But I just love for me the creative process of learning myself is is part of it all and um, actually learning from others. Like I love speaking to other photographers and learning from them. So that's kind of how I've taught myself. Do you um, do you enjoy being on camera? Then is it something that you ever feel um, or have ever felt worried about or conscious about? Because um, I know that would be the the worry for a lot of people and it would be it has been for me I'm not so the more I've done it now I don't mind at all it's just been a 
a process, but do, do you, or is it something that you enjoy? As a lot of people, they in, um, um, just enjoy being on stage or in front of the camera um, or like talking on Zoom. And I actually, from from how I feel, I, I'm a uh, extreme introvert, although a lot of people challenge me on that, but I am. Um, but I, I enjoy doing things like Zoom talks um, because I'm sharing something I'm passionate about. So I can, um, I can, uh, I can, come out of my introversion to do that when it's something you're passionate and you feel strongly about you just need that rest time after are you similar or are you an uh, almost an extrovert who enjoys being on camera I'd probably say that I'm quite similar to you so I'm quite introverted as well like I don't do well in groups I'm very kind of I have very a close circle of friends that kind of stuff um, but I also love talking about things that I'm passionate about. So I enjoy doing Zoom talks and um, I enjoy you know, doing any kind of, kind of talk or speaking about photography and the outdoors that I'm passionate about. Um, but I'm also incredibly shy in other aspects of my life. And in terms of being on camera, it's really funny because I can film myself no problem. But I cannot film if I'm with somebody else that doesn't really know what I'm doing. I can't film if I'm out in public and there's other people around and I really don't like other people filming me so if I'm doing a collaboration with somebody if I know them really well and you know I'm close to them I'm fine but if I'm doing a collaboration with somebody I don't know very well or somebody's filming me for their own projects I get so nervous and it's the same with photographs like if somebody if I take a photograph of myself I'm fine but if somebody else takes a photograph of me I get so self-conscious so it's weird because I wouldn't say I like being on camera because I don't like the cam camera being on me. But if I'm in control of what I'm filming and what's going out there, I'm fine with it. And if I'm talking about something that I genuinely believe in and I'm passionate about, I'm fine with it. So there's a very fine line for me between enjoying being on camera and, you know, shying away from it. But yeah, I think it's all about context when it comes to me and, and kind of what I'm comfortable with. That's amazing because you sound exactly the same as me. All the things that you said there, I totally understand. I'm much more comfortable filming myself if I'm outdoors. I'll just, it's all it's harder and it takes a bit longer because you have to put the camera down and then get into position, go and check that you're in the right position, start again and then go and go and do the thing and then go back to the camera. So it takes an extraordinary amount of time, but, um, I'm, I'm much more comfortable doing that myself. I don't really mind being filmed by other people. I'd rather do it myself. Um, I, I, photography, I don't mind being photographed by anybody else because I couldn't do that myself anyway. So, um, but definitely, um, definitely feel the same way with you about being filmed. But also, I think that's a really important thing to talk about um, introverts being able to step out when they have something important to share and when they have something that they feel really passionate about sharing with the world. And I think that's why people often say to me, you're not an introvert. <laughs> yes, I am. I just feel really passionate about this. And I really want to, I want to get on the stage and share this because it's really important that other people hear this. And the other thing, just one more point on this, I think that uh, introverts get on really well talking with anybody else that, on a subject matter that's um, interesting and valuable to them. So I don't know about you, but I don't like chit chat. I just get so bored with chit chat. I'd rather just not do it. But if it's a conversation about photography or mindfulness or Scotland, or uh, I could do it all the time. So do you feel the same? 
A hundred percent. I mean, I've got friends who know me as being very shy and who will not really say very much. And then they look at my YouTube videos and they're like, who, who are you on camera? Like, you're the totally different person. And it's funny because if I'm around somebody I'm close to, I can speak for Britain or, you know, about a subject I'm passionate about, I can speak for Britain. But, you know, put me in a group situation where people are just having general chit chat. I just can't engage with that. I really struggle with it. And I just go within myself and I start getting really anxious and feeling like really out of place. And I, I cannot deal with it. But if one person in that group comes up to me and starts talking about something, I'm interested in then it's fine um but yeah it's it's funny because I I actually have found that a lot of people who do YouTube or content creation are introverts but actually by filming themselves and talking about things they're passionate about it allows them to find their voice and find connection with people who are into similar things with that to them that they don't get in their kind of normal community in their normal life and I've definitely found that you know I've um, connected with some fantastic people because of YouTube who have similar passions to me and similar mindsets to me and um, that I would never have met otherwise but um, YouTube really allowed me to find my voice and find my place in the world whereas before YouTube I just was so lost because I just felt like I was trying to find my way in in this world and, and make friends and be part of groups but actually I never felt like I fitted in because I was just too shy to be a part of that so that's one of the great things actually about filming yourself is you know you're filming what you're passionate about and you're comfortable about and um, like I say it helps you find your voice which is a really empowering thing for introverts to, to do. That's amazing. And actually, now I was just thinking as you were saying that, I was actually thinking about the people that are introverts because I can usually tell from somebody's face <laughs> um, or somebody's manner very quickly um, that they are, are actually introverted. Um, but the people that I actually enjoy watching on YouTube are. So I, you have a point there that I hadn't thought about. Um, can I just ask you one point about YouTube? And I'm just going to get your view on this because it's a, it's a tricky it's a tricky one. I don't want to say much about it. But the, do you think there's a, a amazing lack of women landscape photographers on YouTube or is that changing? And did are you conscious of that or um, what are your thoughts on it? When I started it, I was very conscious about it. I, I don't know if this is 100% true, but I was definitely one of the first, if not the first, um, female outdoor landscape photographer on on youtube I don't, I don't think i was the first but i was definitely one of the first and i think i could have been the first in, in the uk i think there was a few in america doing it um i have noticed in the last few years that there has been a few more female photographers coming out onto youtube but the it is so minority compared to, to the male competitors or not competitors we're not competing with each other but you know there's a lot more male presence in the landscape photography and in fact photography in general field on youtube um, it is definitely changing but there's still a massive lack of females on there and I'm not it's not really affected me too much especially in recent years but I think I always think that's one of the things that really helped me in the beginning to do well with my channel because I was one of the first females out there doing it and I think a lot of people quite respected that but equally I got quite a lot of backlash from people about it as well because it was quite uncommon I think you know four years ago to see a, a female um, photographer online um, but yeah there's a massive um, I think need for more females to get out there and to help us find our voice but it's definitely changing um, like I say I've connected with quite a lot of uh, women especially in the past year who are, are doing photography now professionally and who are starting their own YouTube channels and it's it's great to see. 
That's great. Uh, perfect. So one of the other questions um, or the, the topics that I wanted to talk about is Scotland. <laughs> so I think we share this passion for Scotland. I just kind of, I so I used to do a lot of um, travel photography for various companies and, and go around Europe and do um, on commission. And this was 2010 to 2015. And then I stopped in around about 2015. Um, when I started to realise that actually I didn't want to go anywhere to, I didn't really want to go to Greece or um, France or Italy or wherever it was going to go to, um, I just wanted to go to Scotland over and over and over again. And and realising that was a it was kind of pivotal in my my career, I suppose. Um, and I still feel that now. I feel that if I had the choice now to photograph anywhere, it would just be Scotland. <laughs> There's so many places in Scotland, isn't there, that are just incredible. But you're in Murray, aren't you? I, I live in Aberdeenshire now, but I kind of am between Murray and Aberdeenshire. I, I kind of live between both regions. <laughs> okay, so that's relatively, I would say, underexplored. Or, and it's a beautiful coastline, isn't it? In fact, I keep meaning to explore more of it, but I never quite get around to it so I should I should do um but do you do you enjoy what sort of areas in Scotland do you enjoy most it's funny I kind of go through a battle here in, in where I enjoy the most like I, I'm somebody who loves what's on my doorstep and especially the Murray Coast in particular because it's what inspired me to get into photography I've got a really soft spot for it and as you say in many ways it's un undiscovered um there's a lot of photographers in the area who, who know it well but it's somewhere that you don't get that many people coming up to do photography um sort of in Murray and Aberdeenshire because most people go to the, the highlands or the islands um and I equally like I I love every year when it's um, allowed I, I go over to the to the west coast and um, I've, I'm often over in Harrison Lewis and Skye and a lot of the places that you kind of expect photographers to go and I have this kind of dilemma because I love shooting locally in these lovely spots that are so close to my heart but I also love every few months to go away and have a trip up to the highlands or the west coast or one of the islands and um, I get a lot of benefit and joy from that. I just I love exploring Scotland and I always get kind of invites to go abroad to other countries to do photography, but it just never appeals to me. You know, I'd love to travel around the world and learn about different cultures and things. But from a creative point of view, Scotland, it just feels incredible to me. You know, I often describe Scotland as like a hundred countries rolled into one. You know, you've got stunning small lochs, but then you've got massive mountains, you've got rugged coastline, you've got farmland, you've got... You've pretty much got everything here and you only have to drive a, half an hour and you're in a different completely land different completely different landscape you know you can go from like ancient woodland to then sparse hilltops and then you know to a dramatic coastline and i just the variety of scotland is never ending and there's still so many places in scotland i've never been despite me spending my whole life traveling around the country and and I just, I find that wondrous for such a small country to have so much diversity. I just, I love it. It's having that, you have to be really, um, truly passionate about it to, to be able to produce a video a week and all your landscape photography work as well. That's, um, but there is such variety, isn't there? I find, um, I find I love Scotland more in the winter months. Do you find that or is that just, is that just, maybe that's me. I like this wild coast um, and and sort of winter weather, whereas when the summer comes, I get a little bit down because because as the tourists arrive, so um, it's just fact, isn't it? And the blue skies arrive, so I, I'm not quite so. But maybe I need to learn to to love summer more. What do you think? 
I think for every landscape photographer who lives in this sort of hemisphere finds the summer difficult because of the the light's not quite as dramatic and, and the weather's not quite as dramatic. I, funnily enough, I love the summer months and I think it's because I love being at the coast at like 10 o'clock at night when the sun is setting. Um, I find, you know, obviously in the summer it's more difficult to get unique photographs because the light's not quite as good and the weather's not quite as dramatic. But I love those peaceful times of day when all the tourists have gone back to their caravans or their self-catering lets and you're one of the only people on the beach really late at night when the sun is actually setting. Um, you know, I do find that, you know, during the day it's just too busy and too much going on and it's not very exciting but if you can get up at three in the morning in the summer and go out for the sunset I love that because you're often the only person on the beach whereas in the winter when the sun sets at eight there's all the dog walkers and the runners out um, so I kind of have a bit of a I'm unsure what time of year I prefer and like a lot of landscape photographers say autumn winter is the best but I'm like actually I want to be out there on my own and I actually find sometimes in the summer that's easier because of the, the long days so you know I'll get up at three in the morning go out for sunrise follow and edit a video and then I'll have a nap in the afternoon and then go out again in the evening and I actually prefer that and the weather's warmer which is more pleasant sometimes to be out in. <laughs> I'm going to take a leaf out of your book and think about that for this summer because I sort of feel like well I, I don't know we didn't miss the winter January February when we're you know we have these wonderful um, waves that come in. <laughs> um, it, it was obviously we couldn't get to them this year. So um, now it's I've got to make use of this summer. So I'm going to have to get my head around it a little bit. But I think you're right. If you can stay out late at night and almost be nocturnal in the mm. summer, then that's that's the plan, isn't it? <laughs> and it's actually amazing. You get some incredible fog and changes in weather early in the morning. You know, at sunrise in the summer that you maybe wouldn't expect. And um, I just, I love it. And I actually found that out last year, you know, when we came out of the first lockdown, I was so eager to get out with my camera that I was like, I have to get up at three and go out for these sunrises. And it actually made me realise the summer can be incredible for landscape photography. You just have to be willing to get up at ridiculous hours to, to enjoy it. <laughs> That's right. It's usually three or four, isn't it? You have to be up in the, in the summer. Um, that's lovely. So can you just tell us a little bit um, if anybody's interested in what you're offering at the moment online? Do you want to just tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me at uh, kimgrantphotography.co.uk or on YouTube, just under Kim Grant, and also on social media, I'm at Kim Grant Photography. And in terms of online just now, I'm, I'm offering an online mentorship programme, um, which kind of, it's just a chance for people to, to work on whatever areas of photography they want to and to find the, the motivation and support to get out there and, and uh, find their sort of their, what they enjoy photographing and, and improve on their own work, um, something that I'm thoroughly enjoying doing. And yeah, hopefully in the summer when things open up again, my outdoor kind of face-to-face -face workshops will be able to restart again. So um, yeah, that's what I'm, what I'm offering just now. That's perfect. We'll put all the your links in the show notes as well so that they can um, find you online. And thank you so much for joining me. I feel inspired now myself. So <laughs> thank you. That was a really lovely chat. Thank you for having me, Margaret. It's much appreciated. Thanks and bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Just to let you know that myself and Kim Grant have teamed up to bring you a workshop, a weekend long workshop 
and it's going to take place in October of 2021 at the height of the beautiful autumn colours in the Loch Ness and Glen Africa area. So if you want to join us, there are some spaces left. Um, please check out my website, quietlandscapes.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to support me in my work, please do subscribe to this podcast and share it or review it. That really helps. You can also find me at quietlandscapes.co.uk or on Instagram at Margaret Soraya and also on YouTube. Thank you so much and I will see you on the next episode.